topic du jour. Does that mean topic dessert? Is that what that means? I don't know. I'm not very good with my en français. You're not good with Latin? (laughs) (laughs) Is it Latin? Latin? He's he's already hit three nationalities (laughs) tonight. (laughs) Just getting started. not gonna lie this is episode number 62 and it is what it is (laughs) (laughs) there you go jeremy that one was for you don't think we don't pay attention to what's happening on facebook yeah dude you can you can (laughs) mark down the things that i'm never gonna say again (laughs) (laughs) oh so what a week guys what a week so of course um i'm dan with me is the usual lineup cast and crew nick hey justin What's going on? And Jesse. What's up, guys? What, you guys aren't going to comment on the fact that I didn't say that compass guy? It is It is a little strange, but... This, this didn't come off right. He's moving up in the world, man. Uh, you know. It's an odd week. It's okay. And, and you haven't been asking the question every week either, well, Dan. It's, it's kind of throwing me off a little bit, too. Well, you know when you keep asking the same question and just kind of know the answer? It kind of starts to feel futile. It's like... Like I don't even want to waste my energy on that question. I mean, yeah. I know you haven't been flying, so I know you haven't been crashed. Nah, good point. Because you know compasses generally don't fly that much. Oh, a couple times a year. <laughs> so, guys, uh, before we talk about what we've been doing, I found something out about myself this week. I found out that I have street cred. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. In the hood, whatever that whatever that means, and then I quickly had this this uh, walk this way Aerosmith and uh, Run DMC flashback, thinking about street cred, <laughs> wondering if I was in junior high again. Turns out I'm not. No. Anyway, so what's yeah. been going on, guys? Not, you know, it's it's uh, it's been one of those weeks where I, me personally, I've kind of had my face buried in the computer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Photoshop is a. Uh, Photoshop. I hate it. I'm uh-huh. not gonna lie. I really do. We have a hate hate relationship. <laughs> and by Photoshop, you mean to bait? Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, there we go. That that's code. That's code word. So get up with the with the lingo. <laughs> so, so no flying uh, there. Yeah, Nixter? Actually, I did last last Saturday. Uh, me and Jesse got out at the Linden Field. Yeah. And it was a sick day of flying. It was awesome. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. I got to, I was messing around with some, just some different tuning methods on the SK540. Got that implemented over to the 700E, which was great. And then, dude, (laughs) I love my nitros most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I freaking sucked a muffler bolt (laughs) through my blades. I saw the picture. I saw the picture. I, I know it sucked. I wanted to mock you endlessly on the on the Facebook page. 
Well, and I had a, a listener kind of call, call me out on it. You know, yeah. they're like, well, if, if you did some regular maintenance, you would have caught that bolt. And there's, there's a little story. I actually did notice that bolt. That's kind of the cool part about nitro. You get the black goo of death right before bolts fall out. Yeah. And uh, I noticed the black goo of death. So I went ahead and that one on that Hattori two-piece muffler, the SB19, you know, you've got that that backing plate, the motor mount that that actually bolts to the engine. And man, eventually they just wear out. Those threaded holes in the aluminum wear out. I had uh, nuts on the back of the three other screws on there because they had stripped out over time. Now, wise men would say at that point, just buy a new freaking mount. I mean, yeah. really, you can buy them. They're like 35 bucks. Not that bad. And but so why thought, didn't you have nuts on or not a nut on the one that fell out? Because that one I couldn't get to because of the fan shroud. And that's the only reason why I did it. And it wasn't okay. stripped. I mean, it had stayed tight to that point. I saw that it was loose. I snugged it down and I got that feeling where it's like, ooh. Right on the verge. Right on the verge. And I, and I said to myself, that horrible line that if you ever say, just pack it up. <laughs> I said, eh, I think it'll be good for a couple more. Yeah. Just till the end of the day. Yep. Yeah, well, that next flight, it, <laughs> dude, that was loud too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There doing that was really loud. <laughs> sitting there doing TikToks and all of a sudden just pow. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that have been horrible to read an obituary? Some mysterious object, a projectile of some sort, was flying through the air. <laughs> <laughs> and it hit Mr. Swanson in the back of the neck. It, you know, the scary part, it hit the ground um, on the concrete next to the tables. Sounded like a pits. bullet, I bet. Ooh. Yeah. 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 So it was, it was cruising. My Maverick, one Maverick blade did not make it through. So instead of buying a $30 plate, you ended up buying a $120 set of blades. And a plate. And a plate. 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 That's the other, the kind of, I'm not sure. There was, you know, some people, it's been rumored that you can take like a a, YS-120 muffler, either the Hattori or the fun, possibly the Funtech, and slap it on the uh, the 3DS, the YS-91, and get some pretty top-end power out of it. And I'm really kind of, meh. It was like, I was going to buy the 120 muffler, and then this happened. Now I got to buy a set of blades. So I don't know. We'll see. Sucks, man. So, uh, Jesse, what have you been up to, dude? Oh, not too much. As Nick said, we got out and flew some last weekend. So that was a lot of fun. We actually got in a full day of flying, which it had been quite a while since that had happened. Yeah. And that was actually the first time that I got a chance to fly the new 8FG that I have. So. That was a good, and also that was the first wait, time it, it, that I had a chance it, it, to fly whoa, whoa, the Icon. Whoa, 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 whoa! Don't just gloss over that. First time you got to fly the eight FG. What? What? You, come on, man! Tell us what you think. I like How'd it. it I definitely like the shorter stick throws. Um, it it actually, I don't know. It just it makes it feel a little bit quicker. Um, you know, running the same amount of expo as I had in the DX seven, but it I don't know. Something about it just feels smoother. Um. Yeah, it, it definitely a positive experience. I really like the radio. 
So wait a minute, wait a minute. You're running the same amount of Expo on the Futaba as you were in the DX7? Well, the the opposite, you know, negative. The Like the, same, the actual value or just tuned to feel? Um, The same va- absolute value. Interesting. Which yeah, is what too. value? Um, negative uh, 20. Okay. Negative 20 for it's at, yo. Dude. Justin, only people like you analyze that number of shit like that. Well, no, dude. The reason I'm asking is because a lot of people have said, and I I felt this myself as well going from the DX7 to Futaba, is that the Futaba for the same number feels like there's less expo in the radio. Oh. Less expo. See, for the, less expo. For the so tail, like a, it felt like there was more expo at 20. So actually, I had to lower the tail. I think I'm running like negative... 13 yeah, but, or something for the tail. So. But, but, but it's a whole different fly barless system too. Right. That's, yeah, yeah there, that is there true. you go. And if yeah. it's got Expo in the system, yeah, that's a good point, Nick. Yeah. yeah I just thought it was interesting for that. I wasn't analyzing anything. Uh-huh. I just thought it was interesting. You weren't analyzing anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah on, I was dude. analyzing it. Mm, yeah. Come on, and I wasn't pitching expect, someone Come shit on. too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I obviously must be a much better pilot than all y'all. And that means everybody, by the way. Because I only run 10 Expo. Ooh. See there? You see how that's, I... That's, well, Dan, when, we're okay. smacking the hell, when you're smacking the heli around as hard as you are, you got to have that quick response. That's so, right. I mean, I mean, it only know, makes sense. It does. And, you know, I, um, I, you know, I don't want you guys to feel bad when we're flying together, so I kind of sandbag it a little bit, you know? <laughs> um, it's, you know, I don't really have an ego when it comes to that stuff, so I don't mind. I don't mind. Just, Definitely, we we appreciate it. Yeah, I just, you know, you guys are my my pals. You're my buds. You know, I don't I don't want to make you feel bad, right? I mean, come on, what kind of guy hey, do you think I am? I do have a bone to pick with you, though. Uh oh, I didn't yeah. do it. I swear yeah. to God. Yes, you did. <laughs> you know those uh, you know those servos that you passed along to me from a from a gentleman that is no longer with us. Yeah, I think. The servos kind of followed suit. <laughs> Quickly there. <laughs> Uh-oh. What they did they what 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 happened? So we decided that we were go we had that we came up with this grand plan. It was one of those weird, you know, Jesse's over at my house. It's like one o'clock in the morning or something. We're down there just tinkering away. Uh-huh, and I'm that, like, that's what you're doing at one o'clock in the morning. All right, keep, all right. We, we we follow you. Yeah. It's my story and I'm sticking to it. All <laughs> it's right? my story, dude. Shut up. It's my story. <laughs> Shut up. It's my story. <laughs> Made sense in my head. Um, so we decided that the grand, the cool thing would be it, is that I'm going to put a mini V bar on my 450 and then I'll fly it. And then when he's done with the icon on the 7H, on his 7HV, we would switch back. And that way that I would get a direct comparison of how it of how the icon felt on a smaller heli and he would have it on the larger heli back to back with V bars. Mm-hmm. So that it, it sounded like a great plan. So I'm going through the setup and dude, one of those servos lit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, in your basement. Really? In my basement. Yeah. And it was servo was it? It was an HS 65 MG. The like the diehard, the small block Chevy yeah, of right. servo. Yeah. Bring setup. Huh. I, I mean and, and using uh using an L-I-F-E uh, let's pack. see, an LIFE pack so running through a five. No B E C to fail. 
Yeah, so God. even if the BEC failed, it wouldn't be enough to light it on fire. I mean, it actually smoked in the whole... Oh, it, it went through the whole deal. Dude, this 450 <laughs> is so possessed. Yeah. I don't even want it anymore. I, re- I really get don't. Get rid of it. <laughs> it's an it's omen. Never, it's, it's never seen flight, and it just doesn't want to. So enough of you guys. Jesus, you just go on and on and on. Let's, yeah, let's, sorry. Let's hear what uh, Justin's been up to. Well, you know what? I actually got some flying in after like two weeks of waiting for the rain to go away. Did you guys notice? Wait, let me just interrupt. Did you guys notice that um, that self-righteous, I actually got some flying in after? <laughs> oh, don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, it may have come off as self-righteous, but I'm I'm crying on the inside when you hear I'll the totally rest of it. totally redeem myself here in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Bear with me. Give <laughs> okay, me a chance. All right, all right. So, yeah. So about... Two weeks have gone by. I've I've gotten the nickname from Nick, at least, Justin No Fly Poochie. So I said, you know what? I'm going to show him. Um, last Sunday, there was a break in the clouds. I decided to go out and put a couple of flights on the Whiplash Electric and the Furion. I was maidening the Furion for the first time, as you guys know from the last couple of uh, shows. That was one that I bought used off the forums. Had a couple of issues uh, with it. It is what it is. Um, but, uh, so first flight warming up a little bit, sort of, you know, shaking the, the nerves out on the whiplash. And I decided to start playing around with some stuff down low. Uh, long story short, drove it in. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Miscalculated the location of the ground. Um, it, I guess you could call it somewhat of a skid bump, but it just kept going, and then one skid fell off, and then uh, it tipped over, and it, it yeah, it was a lot of fun. So what you're telling me is there's a fine line between a skid bump and a crash? That is absolutely you the just case. Cra- you just barely went over that line. Yep. <laughs> then I said, okay, yeah, it is what it is. Again, laughing it off, brought it back to the bench, pulled up the Furion. I go to Maiden the Furion. Pick it up into a hover. Everything's looking great. I'm just, you know, checking things out, making sure that it's stable. It's doing what it's supposed to do. About three feet off the ground. 30 seconds later, it, it literally goes full elevator and <laughs> noses into the ground <laughs> and eats itself. I'm not laughing so, because it's horrible, but sorry. well, no, I, dude, I laughed myself. The two emotions went through my head. I, I, I laughed and said, it figures. And then the second one was, I got to get pictures because yeah. this is going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, anyway, two of them in two consecutive flights within, I think literally about 10 minutes of each other that put a stop to my flying day. Um, and my lesson learned here. So first off the fury and I think I got a component failure. Haven't figured it out yet. I'm still working that. But the big lesson learned is do not crash into mud. Ooh. My whiplash probably would have gotten away with a set of new blades and maybe 50 bucks worth of hardware replacements. Yeah. But because it buried itself in about six inches of mud, I think I've got to replace most of the bearings on the freaking heli. I have to ask. Did you suck up any mud and you're going to have to get another rebuild done? Or this is the electric whiplash. Oh, electric. Oh, no, yeah. this is, no, oh, yeah, this is the electric, not not the not the gasser. No, that would have been my luck, Dan, <laughs> if it was the gasser, but He's yeah. He's putting off that gasser like a freaking colonoscopy, man. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. So, yeah, I, well, okay, fair. 
<laughs> I, I, okay. I'll there is it. one positive I, I thing. I had been putting it off, There's but now that I've got thing. two helis filled with mud, um, I think that the gasser is going to start getting broken in here pretty soon. There we go. It's about goddamn time. Yeah. Some I mean, people call it crashing. Some people call it motivation. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, you've had that thing back now for what, a year? No, about a month. <laughs> oh, it's only been a month? Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. You know the best part of this, Justin, though? You have graduated. You got rid of your nickname. Okay. What? Because give you give me the fly. next one. Come on. <laughs> now it's <laughs> just... Knows. Justin tried to fly Poochie. <laughs> <laughs> I did try, but I failed, man. That is priceless. That's, that's just cold. <laughs> so this but week funny. it's the oh my god this week guys for me it's been um, been flying a micro around nice how's that treating you man you know justin that's a good question you've got a lot of good questions thanks are you gonna answer it <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to decide no i don't want to i don't you know look it, it's a micro and um, it, it's too early in the game because I really haven't had a chance to just back to back to back. Uh, you know, it's too it's it's been too cold to to try something and make a change and then quickly try it again. So I <sighs> have you at least put it through a crash test? It's I've not crashed it yet. <sighs> I've probably got well, fifteen or twenty flights on it. Are you telling me that you are even danking out on a micro? <laughs> 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 yes, I am. No, look, I, 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 you know, no excuses other than it's been cold, and I just, I don't, I don't want to. I'm not necessarily danking out, but look, I, I haven't had a chance to give it its fair shake, and if I start telling you guys what my feelings are right now, it, it kind of taints it. So I, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna let it be, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, the the. It seems to me the the indoor flying isn't going to work. I just, we can't seem to make it happen. Oh, for the, where you were going to fly. Yeah. At? Yeah. And you know, and then the, the gym thing, I don't know what's happening there. So I'm kind of struggling with that aspect of it, but um, you know, I'm, I am having a few issues with the helicopter that I believe are just typical micro issues. You've got to work through and, and, you know, figure out that balance. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. I mean, I've been putting a lot of flights on it, and um, I still think it's a, it's it's a fantastic foundation. Just give me a little bit more time. Uh, hopefully, by next episode, I should have it completely done, and we can talk about it further. There sound fair? Yeah, I think Sounds all those little ones, all the little ones need. A little bit of tweaking. Yeah, and that's typical. Yeah. I remember, I mean, we've all been there with the MCPX trying to like, oh, why is this thing just a piece of shit right now, you know? And then you find the the magic balance or maybe the mod or whatever it is that just seems to make it work, you know? Yeah. And then you proceed to hate yourself for flying it because you're enjoying it so much and you just shouldn't <laughs> be. It's like unnatural. <laughs> <laughs> So other than that, I got to tell you guys, uh, webpage has been going tremendously. 
and um, I want to talk a little bit about the the chat room there. If you, for those of you who haven't stopped by to check that out, there every evening it seems there's just been a big group of people in there. We've just been talking about, I mean, not just helicopters, everything you can think of. And um, one of the one of the listeners, um, Maka, he's he's come up with a new term, and Justin just referred to it. Um, a case of the Danks. Uh, I don't think we've talked about this. I don't think you have heard this yet, Nick or, Je- or Jesse. No. Yeah. Dan- well, I was I was creeping in on the conversation. Oh, <laughs> chat box <laughs> creeping. You know. And, and so here's the deal. Here's the definition. And this is. Uh, this was all Mac. He came up with this, but I think we're going to steal it from him. So in context, you would say kind of like Jesse did or Justin just did, you know, it's like, for example, I went to the flying field and which I did do this week. And again, sat in the truck, right? Cause it was just too goddamn cold. <laughs> so, you know, you would say in a sentence, well, I was going to go flying today, but I got a case of the Danks. So Danks means, Intending to fly, but conditions are other than perfect. Gotcha. Yep. So, so it's just a short way of saying I pushed out. <laughs> no, I was, <laughs> dude, if you wouldn't have said it. <laughs> and that's kind of what's been going on. I, I, You know what? We've been having so much fun in that chat room. It's, um, it's literally like been consuming. It has. It's been a blast, and yeah. you don't realize that thirty or forty minutes have gone by, and you've just been hanging out with the group of people there. Yeah, yeah. And the other crazy thing is, you you'll go away from the computer for like you know half an hour to forty five minutes. You'll come back. You have a couple hundred messages if you want to try to catch up or something. I mean, it's crazy yeah. the amount of activity it's seen. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. Now, Nick, that was probably one of the better ideas you've ever had in your life. <laughs> Why? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit better than the font on the hoodies. It's, it's <laughs> oh, or the fact that there's there. no helicopter there. Yeah. So look, uh, that's another thing we should talk about. Maybe real quick before we go on the news. Of course, sure, we'll, we'll probably mention it again for the end of the show because I'm um, just messing. By the way, everyone, because we are, after all, product horse, and we like to talk about product. And mm-hmm. it's awesome. Oh yeah. So, um, you know, it's been brought up by some listeners. I mean, for a while, you guys have been asking if we've, have we thought about doing some shirts or hoodies or, or anything? We never really quite knew what we were going to do there. Frankly, you know, we didn't know if we had the, the skill to produce that. Well, as you guys know, Nick's been dabbling with the, with the Photoshop. And he decided to tackle it, and he did. And he came up with these designs, and um, so we uh, we got the hoodies all together. And um, of course, we decided we needed to do a pre order just to kind of feel it out. And we need to get thirty two of these pre orders together. And um, within just the first few hours, we've we've gotten quite a few of those filled. So, you know, we would appreciate it if you buy one. <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, they look real nice. I can't wait to get them. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about them. What do you guys think? I'm I'm stoked, man. I mean, just because it's like it's just the beginning. You know, we've right. always talked about having, you know, hoodies, uh, shirts. You know, eventually hats, stickers, the whole deal. But you, it's like you have to start somewhere. 
and the task <laughs> is so daunting. Yeah. It's just really because, you know, you don't know where to, this stuff is ridiculously expensive to get made. Uh, and we, I don't think any of us really had a, holy cow, the cooler you make them, the more expensive they are. Right. And that's, that's a really tough, that's a tough balance there because I would have loved to sit down for, you know, a couple more weeks and just get crazy. But you know, the the more real estate on the shirt, the more expensive the printing is. And then all of a sudden you're sitting here trying to, you know, sell a $60 hoodie, which might look awesome, but that's just not, you know, we don't, we want everyone to be able to afford it and then ship it. So it's just been kind of a balance. We're, we're getting there. We're learning. Um, we are going to be putting out more stuff, you know, once the store gets up, which, you know, we're, we are working on that as well. Uh, we want to make sure we've got all this security and secure and all that stuff right on it before we do it. Uh, so for now, we're just, you know, doing the pre-order thing through PayPal. But um, if you don't care for it, that's totally cool. We're going to have a lot more stuff coming in the future. This is just kind of the first stab and they'll get cooler as I get better. You know, I would we would love to be able to to just go to like a graphic artist and be like, you know, design us four or five shirts, but it's not, <laughs> it's not reality. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Absolutely. I, I you know, um, I was really kind of surprised before we even announced it, we'd already sold like eight. Yeah. No, I know, man. It was just, I can't believe that people were just instantly and all over. So thanks you guys, the UK and, you know, Australia. all of our listeners, Dan Anda. Man, you guys are freaking <laughs> do that again. Do, it. do that again for me, Dan Anda. There you go. <laughs> oh yeah, I learned something. You know, we talked about uh, not not to change the subject. Oh, dude, yes, you did. I don't know. I, I know what you're going to say. What am I going to talk? I don't know if we're going to talk about the same thing because I don't know if you know about this one. Okay, well, I'll I'll tell you just in case then. All right. Um, you had made a joke about the Foster. Oh my God, this is what I was going to talk about. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Apparently. Uh, your reference of Australians liking Fosters couldn't be any more off base. Did you Did you hear the reasoning behind that though? I did not hear the reasoning behind it. I ju- I I mean, you might as well have like insulted <laughs> someone's grandmother. <laughs> I might as well have called everyone in Australia a bogan. Oh yeah, bogan. see, I'm picking up on my Australian slang. Well, we have to learn. We've yeah. got badass listeners over there. Yeah, down there, wherever it is. Down, down there somewhere. You know, the, the water flushes backwards down there. Does it? Oh, it's a fact. It does. It's a fact. Crazy. Um, so anyway, as, I, as it turns out, um, I, apparently that whole Foster's thing used to be kind of an Australian marketed thing, right? I don't know if they were into it, but apparently years ago that was all sold to some South African concern. And so now it's Foster's South African for beer. Oh. <laughs> so that's that's what i was told don't know if there's any validity to that but we're gonna say it's absolute fact because i heard it on the internet and we all know whatever you see on the internet yeah is, is absolute true. fact well yeah, always just disregard our <laughs> uh american stupidity oh yeah <laughs> yeah oh i thought it was funny though that dan kicked up a lot of dust in the chat room with that one <laughs> <laughs> I've said I, I've said it before. Used some creative wording on how they felt <laughs> about Fosters. I was like, how 
I've never even heard that. Ooh, there's another one. I don't know what that means, but it sounds bad. <laughs> and then, you know, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I, I, you know, stick around. It wasn't the first time. I'll make an ass out of myself, and it's not going to be the last. It's um, kind of my thing, you know? Yeah. It's what we do. <laughs> Other than that, I think maybe it's time for some good old-fashioned news. You know, one of the best parts about being in our position is being able to give back to you, the listeners. And luckily, we deal with companies like Gen's Ace Batteries who share that thought. They've generously offered up a 10% discount code just for our nation listeners. That's right, Nick. So if you guys want to take advantage of this discount, go to hobbyparts.com. And when you're checking out, enter in the code RCHN10. All right, guys, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do you got, Nick? All right, so JR has a new software update available for the XG11, XG8, and XG6 radio systems. You know, I've noticed they're, they're starting to gain a little bit of popularity here in the U.S. Uh, it's a pretty sweet-looking radio, and I was really, really close to getting one, uh, but, you know, I... <laughs> I had to, I took the blue pill and I, I was going to be unique, but not that kind of blue pill. Dude, I, <laughs> I was, yeah. I was I trying was to make the connection. The I sort of going, oh my I was, God. You, 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 dude, I was trying to make the connection. I was like, okay, all right, where do I go? I didn't even know where to go. <laughs> God, <laughs> we are off to a raging start here. Yes, we are. You could have chosen any other color and you would have been safe, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, if that so, shit lasts for longer than four hours. You need to contact your doctor. Yes, <laughs> doctor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Um, yeah. So anyway, looks like a lot of the the update has to do with the telemetry settings and sensors and stuff. So if you've got that radio, definitely get that updated. Uh, Skookum, finally! Holy cow! There's a lot of people excited about this. The new GPS unit is officially ready for release, and it can be pre-ordered. Uh, on their website, skookumrobotics.com. I know there are so many people that have just been frothing, pissed, angry that this hasn't been available. So for all you skookum folk, um, take yeah. Your, take your blood pressure pill. It'll be all right. Yep. Do they, yep. Have, a, do they have a release date for that yet? Um, it is, let's see. It looks like shipping dates being January 1st. And so, what's the what's the price, Nick? You know, I am not sure on that. And what can it be used on, Nick? It goes with the SK720. So for right now, okay, so there's a little bit of a caveat here. Right now, you can put it on the SK720, the original one, very shortly, which uh, I should be getting mine, oh man, any day now. It's next in line. Uh, we'll be finishing the prototyping on the 720 Black Edition. So that's going to be kind of like the, that's the whole, the Mac Daddy combo would be the 720 Black and the GPS. And then and Nick, just because you give uh, Compass so much crap, what's the probability that that's going to ship out on the Ooh, first? Oh, look at Jesse. Wow. I know. He's, put, he's been put, sitting here putting like, the, oh, putting yeah. the Dukes up over there. You know? Okay. So, so here's. Re- <laughs> 
if you go by uh, statistics, past statistics, <laughs> it's got about that one encompass chance. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> that it will be. Um, all, although I do know for a fact that they actually have them. Like nice. they're physically there sitting there. They've actually been sitting there um, ready to go for quite a while. Hey, Jesse, I've got some news for you. Not, I want to interrupt Nick's for just a second. Okay. I'm actually, uh, Jesse, I'm going to get a compass. Yeah? Yeah, I need something. I need a tool to point me to a hobby shop that'll sell me a good airframe. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to come up but with that? Dude, I've been, I've, yeah. been, I've, been, I've been working that one in the chat room for like two days trying to perfect <laughs> it. Oh, don't lie. It's been a couple of weeks. Has it been that long? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, on the lines of Skookum 2, they've got it posted up on their website, and there's a link in the show notes to this. Um, you can actually go check out the flybarless settings, like for the SK540, of all of the team pilots. So Eaton, Alvin, um, all of the guys over back east, and I'm not even going to attempt to butcher their names, all the Bosso brothers. Um, they have all of their actual setup files for their X5s, X7s, all the helis that they're flying there. Which is, I personally think that's really cool. And I wish that a lot of other manufacturers would do that. You know, I, why not? Why, why is it so hidden? I mean, it's the guy behind the sticks that's got all the talent, not particularly the settings. Right. So, kudos to, uh, to Skookum for doing that. Um, big news, Dan. Yes. You, dude. What? You nailed it right on the money. Dude, I told you last week, man, I'm probably the smartest dude you know. Including Justin, he Jamie Robertson's flying for a line. I, well, you know, I calls him like a season, yo. That yo. one blew me away. <laughs> you know, it it really surprised me. And then oh, people were just oh, because you know, it, in some interviews they had said, like his dad had said, you know, when they made the switch to Mikado, oh, it's great, it's so nice not swapping out, you know, plastic ball links every. Every two weeks, the way this kid flies, wearing him out. Here's my take on it, and I'll probably get a ton of hate mail, which, I mean, I have a whole folder for it now, so don't worry about it. It's okay. <laughs> Just file it um, away. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. I have an organizing system, alphabetical. <laughs> so, Date. I mean, it's okay. Date yeah. and time. Dated, yes. And you rate them by how hateful it is. So. Yeah. <laughs> and, then- and I eventually will get to them. And then he, he then he just sits there and he and he and he looks at the titles and cries himself to sleep at night. I know. Actually, Aww. it's probably gonna pat myself on the back. <laughs> 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 oh. No, but uh, you know, here's my take on this. This kid's young. Mm-hmm. What an incredible opportunity to you know to travel around and see the world, dude. No kidding. Right? And we all know. I don't care what brand it is. All of these models are competitive top shelf model. Align, Mikado, Synergy, TSA, uh, Thunder Tiger. They're all incredible helicopters that anyone could fly with that talent to a top level position. So, uh, I mean, we all know people are like, oh, it's got to be about money. Well, guess what? Yeah, no shit it is. Who's got. Maybe they're not writing him out any bigger of a paycheck, but if they can, if they can back him to, you know, for him to travel to all these events, that's something that I don't think 
people really have a grasp of. I mean, we know from just trying to, you know, shoot, we're trying to drive four or five hours to do a, a live podcast at a fun fly. That's nothing. Yeah. You know, these guys are traveling all over the place and weekend after weekend and fun fly after fun fly. The amount of pressure that it puts on his parents is far more than what's on him. And that's something that I think we just kind of forget about. If it gives him an opportunity for, you know, them an opportunity to get a little bit of a break and take the, you know, ease up on the financial burden of all the traveling costs, then dude, it's all for him. You know, he has more of an opportunity, I think, to, to be at more events, showcase his skills more, and be more competitive under someone who can, you know, afford to have him travel. And I just don't think that Mikado has the, the finances to have, to have two, number one. Yeah. Well, plus, you missed the most important part. He can fly a nitro now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. I get I bet you that's the whole reason. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. He was probably sitting there. You guys gonna make a freaking nitro anytime soon? Das nitro. Was ist das? Was ist das? Scheitzen. Scheitzen nitro. That was it. Done. I'm out. I wanna I wanna, I wanna hear that that German accent, man. That was awesome. So there are a couple of more hate mails you just generated right there. We we moved on from 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 our Australians and Dananda, and now. Oh my God! Oh jeez, it's been one of those weeks. I told you I haven't got out much. I'm a little cooped up. No kidding. So is that it, is that it for news or what's no, that? dude? I'm just getting started. Oh my God! Then on top of that, at, right after the announcement, he put out a a video flying the 3GX. Now. It was known that this is not his helicopter. It was one of kind of like their shop helis that they had over there in Taiwan. Uh, I think I know a lot. It was very mixed. How about that? My eye, personally, his flying is always incredible because he has a ridiculous amount of talent and can fly anything and make it look good. But I saw a lot of holes in the flight wireless system. Yeah. Um. You know, who knows? Well, I'm sure he's got his now. He'll get it all dialed in. Uh, I don't know, though. It, it that, looked like he was being very easy on it, and I still saw a ball. I mean, we were talking about it, and I think that's the main the main thing we, we noticed. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it to me, it looked like he was working hard to make it look that good. Yes, not not very crisp on the stops on the collective and really being easy on the tail. Uh, so know. let me... So, all right. So you've been driving a Porsche around for about, you know, however long. And then you have to give the Porsche away and someone said, here's the keys to the Pinto. I mean, it, wouldn't that be what that would feel like going from a V-Bar to a 3GX? Well, you know, they all tune in theory, yes. Okay, but they all do tune very, very differently. And he's been flying, you know, V-Bar for a long time. And, you know, as we've, you know, I've learned it, Justin's learned it, Jesse's learned it. When you go from, from one fly barless system and, and the, your method of tuning that you kind of get burned in your head and you go to a different one, you'll be chasing your tail for a little while because right. you'll think, oh, well, it's got to be this setting because on my last fly barless system, if I change this, it made it not do this anymore. And that's just not the case. So I don't, 
even though I am kind of picking apart the flight and I could see it, um, I, I don't want to say that that's going to be the end product. I want to give him a little time to get used to the heli. You know, the heli, I, dude, the heli will fly just as good as a Mikado. I, that's my opinion. Uh, but the fly barless system is a little bit in question. But we'll see, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I don't want to hold it against them yet. Uh, so moving right along, there's a pretty sweet video that Colin Bell put out. Um, just a short little kind of tutorial video on the difference between the, the Align 700 Nitro DFC and versus the old 700 Nitro. I thought this was pretty cool because I always had a lot of questions, you know, well, how much is different? You know, exact, what are all of the exact details? And he does a really good job of going over each individual thing um, and, and comparing them kind of side by side. Uh, Hattori has an SB12R muffler out flex mount um, for the Zenoa base 26 to 29 cc gasser motors. So if you're a Hattori fan and you like the whole two piece thing, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. hate, I was going to say, I hate to ask, what's that going to cost? That's I what know. I was going to ask too. <laughs> Who knows? They've got a man. Ugh. Yeah, you you definitely pay for a Hattori. They're nice mufflers, but uh, you're paying for them. Yep. So 3D Masters has announced the dates. Uh, looks like we're looking at the 19th, 20th, 21st of July, 2013 for 3D Masters. Uh, the dates are also announced for the return of the zone format, international um, helicopter knockout competition in the U.K., on the 26th and 27th of May, 2013. So definitely, I, I actually really enjoy keeping up on how that goes. Incredible pilots. Oh. Yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah. KDE's also got um, this whole, uh, they've got a Goblin upgrade kit. So that what they're doing is they're including the 700XF for, I do believe, let's see, the 495 KV motor. I'm waiting for that. Yeah, I do believe the 495 KV. And they've got a really nice um, Canamod canopy, KDE canopy to go along with it that molds in pretty nice to the stock kind of yellowish colored tail boom. It's And it's the, the nicest part is that it's all pre-cut for the KDE motor since it's so tall. You know me, not particularly a Goblin fan, but I will give credit where credit's due. It's a sweet looking setup. And that's yeah. one of those helis I think you can actually would be awesome to put that motor in because it's so light. And even though the motor's a little bit heavier, I mean, you're getting the power. It's it's not, you know, making it too heavy. And that, I think I can wrap it up and call it good there. Whew. I was going to say. Man, I, Anyone else? I actually do have yeah, a Yeah, I got some news. Oh, Justin's Whoa. got some news. Justin's got some news. Yeah, so... Uh, Recently, MKS posted a uh, holiday promo that you guys may have seen already, and it is a combo set with three of the standard size HBL665 cyclic servos and one of the HBL669s. It's a limited edition thing, so they, they, uh, they only have a limited quantity. The promo's going on starting on the 1st of December and going to the 10th of January of next year. And the really nice thing about it is there's a 20% discount over the individual servo price uh, if you were to buy all four of them uh, separately. So 
you're looking at, I think, let's see here, it's it's about 420, 419 um, for the, the set. It comes in a nice gift pack, uh, comes with some gear lube um, and uh, some stickers and stuff like that. So it looks like a pretty cool set. And actually, you know, for those of you who have been following the last couple of episodes, this happens to be the set of servos that I'm going to be reviewing uh, here in the next couple of weeks. So um, I, th I think it's something what I've done so far with just the bench testing tells me that these are going to be good servos. It's probably a good thing to take a look at if you guys uh, would like to get something nice under your Christmas tree. Other than a RCHN hoodie, of course. Other than an RCHN hoodie, <laughs> yes. I actually have a quick one, and I just want to make a mention of it. Um, of course, our buddy Pinion. We love Pinion. Yes. He uh, he recently put out a little video, um, uh, and, I, you know, he's kind of public with it now. I don't know if he was before, but apparently he's wrapping up or has wrapped up a divorce he's going through. So I don't know if you guys have seen this video, but he... Um, I haven't seen it yet. I feel the, so bad, dude. The, it's the, on my watch list. The family jewels video. This has <laughs> this has very little to do with helicopters, but I got to tell you, this is probably some of the funniest three minutes Pinion has done to date, and he's done some pretty funny shit. Oh, man. It dude. is. It is just... It, you know, his commentary is just priceless. And uh, opinion, keep it up, man. Keep doing what you're doing. We love it. We love it to death. And that's nice. all I have for news. Jesse, do you got any news? Dan, I actually do have some news for oh. you. <laughs> Did you hear that? Did you guys hear that? He was like, oh, yeah. I've been, got some news. been waiting. Mm. <laughs> the news is, I believe you officially owe me a gallon of nitro i don't believe it because guess what showed up in the mail today can you guess uh your testicles that you ordered oh man uh -huh. you know you just you can never just let me have my moment man you just you always gotta ruin it man <laughs> always what showed it up hurts does it does it hurt you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna let it go i'm gonna let it go right. no it right. was not dan what was it, it was my warp 360 guys, i finally got it you guys just hear oh, that determination oh, in his voice i know okay well, starting I'm, to get a little bit of that it, sass yeah that's i like it i like it. so let me tell you something first of all screenshotter never happened bitch i saw it <laughs> <laughs> it's on and secondly if 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 you can supply the so-called pictures and they're not like stock, you know, compass pre-release photos, and I'm talking like, how do you know I didn't take those ransom style newspaper in the frame with today's date kind of going on? If you can supply those, then. By all means, I will send you a gallon of nitro in as many three mil syringes as I can find. You know, I guess at, it comes to a point where you just got to take what you can get. So send that nitro my way. Now, if you got it, that's great. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, the listeners, just so you're aware, we just we like to rib each other. And I've just been kind of giving Jesse a shit about it. I personally didn't think it was going to happen. 
But yeah, I was getting I was getting a little nervous myself. <laughs> Dude, he was, he's all active proud, but he was freaking. <laughs> yeah, I'm going, how am I going to afford a gallon of nitro? I got to tell you, and I'm happy to hear a couple things, and I'm sure the listeners are, to, to have you say to me, I've got some news for you, man. You know, and just have that, just that confident sound like you you got me and and if it's true you did hey man congratulations if it showed up i still don't i'm not saying i believe it because you know like i said what do you want him to do take a picture of the canopy with his junk and send it to you (laughs) then you know know it didn't come from company i do i do believe my terms have been stated i'm just saying (laughs) all right all right i i accept the terms (laughs) Yeah, I, w- I, w- I want you to stand there with the helicopter right next to your junk and, se- and send me a picture. <laughs> Be careful what I you wish for. I don't think this came from Germany. Yeah, I was going to say, watch out, man. He may do it. <laughs> well, it's it's a group text. So this doesn't look like careful. a pre-production photo to me. How about you, bitch? <laughs> oh, God. That's horrible. And no. we apologize to all of our wonderful lady listeners out there today. Thank yes. you for joining us. Thanks for joining. Yeah, you do tune if you just tuned in. You tuned in at the perfect moment. If you're hoping to have to do this. Well, oh. that's it for news, huh? That was a pretty lengthy news segment there. No, yeah. wait a minute. I've got one more thing. Oh Jesus ah. Almighty! Well, hold on. Now can't, can't. we've started to make it a we've started to make it a thing around here that we predict crap, right? Okay. Uh, so Nick didn't bring up the new era for Blade. What is it? Oh, yeah. Come on now. They did Dan, you're, 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 you're doing well. You nailed the Jamie Robertson thing. Let's see did if you, you can see get the this. picture, Dan. I, I haven't seen the picture, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to cheat a little bit. And um, I'm not proud to, to do this, but Nick said it was a, says a said it was, uh, what'd you say, Nick, a 600? That, I had guessed that um, uh, a good friend of mine, and I won't name any names so he doesn't get in trouble, but he said they were coming out with something something new and it was going to be big. And I was like, ah, oh, it's, it's going to be like 600 class. I'll go and with 600. I'll piggyback off Nick. I think it's actually a 550. Ah, you stole show, mine. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it'll be a 550. It makes sense. They're not going to skip a size. Do, do we know it's a helicopter? Not skip a size. Huh? Do we know it's a helicopter? Could it be a big oh, yeah. quad? No, there's a snapshot. No. Of- Quite frankly, it kind of looks like a pretty bitchin' looking canopy. If you I, I was gonna say the same thing, man. It looks sweet. Wait a minute, now, you guys have seen made pictures? out of a milk carton, you know? But it looks oh, cool. The old, the old raptor, picture. the old raptor canopies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Hey, look, I don't. You know, to be honest, I got to tell you, the first time I heard about this was just the other night when you guys were talking about it. I um, I have not expressed a lot of interest in blade products. Over my lifetime, I've kind of well, been- they have to step. Here's the the difference is now if you're going to go up into a 550 or 600 class, you have to step up your quality. Uh, with the you know with the size of company that they are, yeah. they're they they simply have to for safety's sake. I'm talking about flying nanos around in the living room and you know chasing your cats with it. This is this is big boy territory, and if parts come flying off, someone's going to get hurt. And I don't think that's really an option. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. So, are we done now or what? <laughs> I suppose. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sounds good to me. Yeah, we're done. All right, guys. This week's news has been brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine.
So Nick, I was looking on Facebook the other day, and I see that you did send that goblin back. I'm not going to lie, Dan. I grew really attached to that thing. The way it flew, the visibility, the smoothness. I'm I'm kind of thinking I might have to give me one. Really, dude? You think you might get one of those? Yeah, I mean, there's there's no reason not to. You know, I think I'm going to take some time, sit down, and figure out what size is going to suit me best. Yeah, I think you should, man. They've got the Magnum, the one for the regular Joe, and then they've got the one for the little guy. So go look at their webpage and find out which one suits you best. All right, so, you know, um, a topic that I think sometimes we overlook um, because, you know, we have a tendency to kind of cruise along in the hobby and and um, sometimes stop thinking about some of these issues and some of these things we're about to talk about. And we're going to kind of focus on new guys. Not just, but we're going to kind of start it off that way. The biggest question I think we hear is what size heli should I should I start with? And how do you pick the right one? I got I'm going to start this off because I've often told people and I do believe at the time that advice at least in my mind is was pretty correct. But I think the times have changed, especially with the availability of these smaller, inexpensive and for all, you know, intents and purposes pretty well flying small helis. Mm-hmm. But I'd always told people, get the biggest helicopter you can afford to crash. I mean, we all heard it, right? You guys have all heard that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. And my, hmm, I guess, my go-to size was a 600. And, and um, for whatever reason, in my mind, I always felt that that was a good compromise between size, uh, cost, and stability, flight stability. So, but in t- today, the, t- the the times have changed. I mean, th- this is this would be old advice in the, this stage in the game. So we're going to kick this off. I'm going to ask these guys to kind of go through and talk about it. How do you tell? How, how do you pick the right one? And and not only the right one, but how do you decide which size is best for you? I think it all comes down to you know there there's a there's a certain part of it that's personal, right? Some people are more spooked by big, intimidating looking and sounding helis than others. Some people are more spooked by the cost uh, of of crashing uh, and having to rebuild it. Um, but I, I used to give the same advice that you did, Dan, which was buy as big as you can afford to crash. Now, I think I would say buy a 500 sized heli. Um, and I, I think it's it's the perfect combination for me personally. It's the perfect combination of stability and power uh, without dealing with sort of the the twitchiness uh, of a 450 or a 300 or 250 size heli. And it's also it's it gets to the size where you can actually see the parts that you're working on when you have to rebuild it. Right. And you don't have to worry about losing fasteners and crap like that. What do you think, Nick? Um, I I used to say, well, man, like you said, it, it's the times have changed so much. I I used to be a, you know, you start with a 450. That's just what you start with. Let me ask you that before you go on. Let me 
Let me ask you why, because I never really got that advice. Granted, I, there was never anyone around here. And so I had the, I guess, ability to maybe just overlook advice. I wasn't looking to, you know how sometimes you people are giving you advice and you just choose not to hear it? Well, I had that mm-hmm. ability to kind of choose which advice I took, I guess. Yeah. Why Why did you, why were you of the mindset that you needed to start with a 450? Well, you know, uh, I think a lot of it is is the time frame. It, it's how many years back you go. You know, at, at that time, three years ago or whatever it was, that's when 450s were really kind of just starting to come into themselves. You know, my my first 450 was the 450 Pro when it came out, which is a, I mean, dude, it's still probably the most popular 450 sold. It's a great helicopter. Um, but for me, it was a balance of consistency. It was a consistent helicopter. I wasn't constantly fighting, uh, you know, like it would fly okay for five, 10 flights and it would start vibrating, you know, for whatever reason, like a lot of the micros had problems with when they came out, you know, but it, my recommendation now, it to me, it completely depends on if you're going to bring a simulator into it. If you are going to be a dedicated simmer, like if you, when people say, I want to fly, I say, go buy a sim. End of story. If they do that, if they're willing to do that, and they put in the time and it's like, you know what? I can hover. I can actually fly some circuits on a sim. Then I say, then I ask, have them ask the question, can you afford to crash a 500? If they say, yes, I can, that's the heli. Because in my opinion, the 500 size is the first size that actually flies, quote unquote, big. A fly barless 500 flies fantastic. Flies just like a 90. It does. It, it, it flies. feels as stable as a bigger heli, for sure. Well, no, it does. It, it really does. And especially when they went fly barless on it. it it's, it's got good power to weight. It's just a good all-around heli. The packs aren't too expensive. you know. But then if you go, you know, some people, if it's a lot more budget-minded, with the micros that are out there now, dude, buy a micro. Like, seriously, go buy a nano. You can crash that thing. And, and especially if you don't want to sim. I'm not real into the whole computer thing, dude. Then buy a nano and was just that, was that, that's a that's a good point, Nick. Because I've been flying the nano the last month or so, and I should have said that when I was talking. I agree completely. That thing. I mean, I I actually had family over for Thanksgiving last week, and my brother-in-law had never even seen a helicopter or a transmitter before. And in ten minutes, he had the nano up in my living room, hovering and moving it around side to side. Nice. Yeah, it's that it's that user friendly. Nice. So that really, I mean, that plays a big that plays a big goal into it. I think Dan, you you hit it on you know you hit it right on the head, and it it still is the number one factor. What can you afford to crash? Not what you can afford to buy. It's what can you afford to crash. But then the, the you know the consistency of the crashes <laughs> and how you're willing to train yourself also comes into play too. Dude, I couldn't afford to crash a 500 five, six times a week. That's not going to happen. You know, but if I'm incorporating a simulator into it and I'm crashing maybe, you know, once every couple weeks or once a month, then yeah, it's not that bad. It's yeah. really not that bad to learn on. Yep. So what do you think, Jesse? 
Oh, I was just taking some notes here, and Nick literally just read the notes, like <laughs> word for word. You know, there's a and let me. Um, there's a reason for that, and I want to kind of fill the listeners in for this, uh, just so they understand why Justin or Jesse would say that. And some of you know this because you've hung out with us at Fun Flies and whatnot. Jesse is like Nick's minion, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But when Jesse was learning how to fly, he went to Nick. Yep. So he, you know, when you go to somebody to learn something, you kind of, you develop their opinions and their, their take on things. It's just natural. Good or bad. Yeah. So that, that <laughs> actually, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me to tell you the truth. But no, yeah, yeah, like but, I mean, basically, yeah, I mean, I think the same thing. You need to really evaluate, are you going to do most of your learning on the sim or are you going to attempt to do most of your learning in real life? So, and like Nick was saying, that's really going to uh, decide how many crashes you're going to have with this heli. So, you know, obviously, if you're going to choose to learn on the sim, it's probably going to lead to less crashes. Therefore, you can probably afford to start on a little bit larger heli. So, you know, that's, and that's a good point. And I want to address that because I know you guys hear me grumbling about the sim quite a bit. And I want to kind of address something. Um, first of all, in my mind, there's always been a, a, a third concern, or a, I don't know if we're at three, another, an additional concern. How does that sound? And it's always been a safety concern because of my situation, not you know having to sit while I fly. And that played a big role in choosing the size of helicopter. And I want to say that that, that that sounds a little strange in that, well, why didn't you go with a smaller helicopter? Well, there's that <laughs> kind of that macho thing bigger is better i mean it's like why mess with a little helicopter when you can get this big helicopter you know that's kind of the mindset i had going into it and i want to mention too that that the crashing and the the sim thing um that's a definite reality i chose to not religiously sim and i gotta tell you guys i paid for that choice (laughs) <laughs> and, and and to this day, I still do. I don't crash that often anymore. But thinking back, and I know I've related this story in various fashions throughout the last 60-some episodes, but I remember not coming home for days on end without a, a, with a, you know, with a helicopter that was broke. I mean, every time I came home, it was broke. I mean, it wasn't broke big. Something silly, and of course, we all know what those are: stripped, uh, stripped torque tube gears, and uh, landing struts. I'd be buying those ten at a time, and I could. I was like a pit crew for stripped gears on the tail. You know, tail <laughs> tail clears go out, zip 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 zip, ready to go. But but I, what I'm getting at is, I made a conscious choice, um, and my reason for that choice is stubbornness. When it boils, it boils right down to it. I just, I just don't, as you guys know, I just don't appreciate the sim. I don't. I have a hard time focusing on it. I chose to go the more expensive route, and that is just putting up with a lot of crashes. Yeah, and that's man. It we really what a difference. I mean, what it it's it's tech textbook difference between like the way that you learn, and I know Jesse learned the same way I did, but. I mean, I went, I think my first crash 
once I got that 450 Pro, um, I did get, oh man, I flipped the tail grips on it to trailing edge control or whatever, forgot to reverse the gyro. So I stripped the torque tube gear on the first time I picked it up. Like first time, that was all I did. And I didn't crash for, uh, till flight like 350. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah I, and I Jesse mean, I, happened. He was I, there for my first crash. Do you remember that? I'm not sure that I do. I think it was the first time that was it. Was that with the 600 or? Yeah. When I drove it in backwards, like speared the tail boom in doing that. I mean, no, my I first that, crash. That was, was Troy who was there. Yeah. Troy was there. And, and then all of a sudden my, my he first comes crash. home and he's like, you're never going to believe what this was before I had even met you. He's like, you're never going to believe what I saw. <laughs> I mean, this guy just <laughs> drove this thing in. And, and then, I mean, and I was and doing, then I, you know, inter- then he introduced me to you and the rest is history. Yeah, basically like backwards upright hurricanes, three feet off the ground and just dipped a little low in the wind and drove, you know, stuck the tail boom. That was my first crack. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing. I mean, I think to this date, including mechanical fa- failures, I've crashed three times. Isn't that messed dude, up, dude? Dude. I That's could- in- include, I think two of them have been just dumb thumbs. You know, it was my fault in one mechanical failure. Let me categorize. Let me categorize. There we go. Making up more words. <laughs> let me let me tell you guys <laughs> the the two different types of crashes that I dealt with the most as we were going through as I was going through this process. The the ones were just the the small kind of bumps that ended up with a little bit of damage, and then then of course there's the big crashes where it goes in from up high and causing you know extensive damage. Those are the two types I had, and, I, and I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that the first month, I would literally easily say I had 15 crashes <laughs> and maybe wow. maybe 20 bumps that resulted in minor damage. Wow. That's spendy. Well, and here's I- the... Look, I, let me just relate a quick little story. I mean, literally, uh, I, of course, I don't know. I went to Idaho to visit a, a friend of mine and just so he could check it over. I flew it there once and we called it good. He flew it a bunch of times and then I come home and the next day I call up a buddy and I said, let's go down to the church parking lot. I'm going to try to fly this thing. And so I remember I got it up in the air and I'm like, holy shit, I'm doing it. I'm hovering it. And, and I fly a half a tank. I set it down, calm my nerves, get it up and it, I get it up and it starts to drift. And it just kind of keeps drifting towards a building. And it just keeps going. Oh, crap. And it just piled itself into a storage, a brick storage shed, luckily. No damage to the building, but it just absolutely ripped the helicopter to bits. <laughs> and it was it was just several of these things. So when you guys hear me say, ah, the sim, believe me when I tell you I paid for it. And... Is that good, bad, or indifferent? That's a decision you're going to have to personally make. And it, there is no question if you look at, say, Nick or even Justin or Jesse or anybody that are at flying at their level. I've been flying longer than, well, I don't know about Justin, but I've been in the hobby longer than Nick, but he flies so much better than I do. Nick's been in the hobby longer than me, so you've definitely been in the hobby longer and than me. And it's not been by much. I mean, it's only if, if, if a year. And all three of you have been in the hobby longer than me, so yeah. yeah. Screw you, shut Jesse. Up, shut up, Jesse. <laughs> yes. Get off my cloud. 
but he, he sims the most but, too. But, exactly, okay, so exactly. Exactly. Here, here's the thing, though, Dan. Um, I, I mean, first of all, okay, I, I agree 110%. The sim is definitely the way to go to save money, to save time all across the board. It makes perfect sense. That having been said, I think a lot of it has to do with the person's personality. Are you conservative when you're trying to learn something? Are you aggressive? I mean, I'll tell you that I flew for the first six months without a sim and and took myself through forward and backward flight and was learning inverted and all of that because, and, and this is a stupid reason, but because I was too lazy being a Mac guy to uh, <laughs> dual boot windows on my on my computer so that I could have a sim to fly. Right. And the way I got there was just being conservative and being focused and careful about how I was learning how to fly. Um, and I, I was like Nick. I didn't have my first crash until like flight three or 350. Jeez. I couldn't even imagine that. By that many flights, shit. So it, it's, I mean, does the <laughs> sim significantly reduce the risk of spending out large amounts of money to learn? Absolutely. No question. But it's not 100% necessary. It, it, isn't, it isn't necessary. I'm living proof of that. Um, but at the same time, you, you know, we're kind of talking about getting into these things and finding that helicopter and finding that size. We're going to move into various other topics that kind of pertain to those decisions, but you kind of need to assess, you know, where, you know, you can enjoy this hobby to its fullest and not aspire to pirouing TikToks. I'm not saying that I wouldn't like to do that, but that's really not a major goal for me. Um, yeah. So I, I just, I don't have, and maybe it's my age, I don't know. I don't have this desire, this drive to just really just become this this smackdown pilot. I mean, I, would I like to? Absolutely. But I just don't have it in me to sim for an hour a night. I just don't. Well, I Dan, I'm I am actually now more on your side. You know me and Jesse, it was side by side. I was I started out like 6 months before him and it was every time I would just get a maneuver up doing it, you know, start to work on polishing it, he was starting it. And that's how we did it. And then I just got, you know, other things became priority just within the hobby. You know, I started enjoying other aspects of the hobby and the, the social aspect more and helping people, you know, started, man, writing around, writing tuning guides and testing stuff. And it, my Excuses. drive, yeah, <laughs> my drive really kind of changed. You know, I, I was, and man, I haven't touched I haven't touched the simulator almost all summer and have yet to really sit down more than one or two nights all winter. So, oh, boy. Did you hear that? I know. And, and now you can see. And you can see because it's he he passed me like I was literally standing still because because of that dedication. Yeah, that's, that's, you know. That's really what so, it, yeah, that's what it boils down to, guys. Really. We could beat that horse. Yeah. far long and dead there's no question and when you guys from here on to the end of time you hear me blah blah sim you got to realize i understand i get it i do know and i would never suggest to you to not sim that is just silliness but from my perspective i would rather go 
and burn a gallon a week or a case a week, <laughs> as the case may be, and just do it that way and just progress at that rate where I can just have a good time doing it. I mean, I enjoy flying. I don't enjoy simming. That's the key. What, whatever's, whatever gives you the most enjoyment, that's, that's what's right. right for you. Yep. I mean, that's yep. what the whole hobby's about. And <laughs> That's why we all do it. And on that note, I do know that my progression will not be up to par with somebody who's been flying this Hi, this is Dieter, also known as RCD Butts, and this is your 60-second tech tip. Today we're going to talk about soldering essentials. Soldering is a necessary part of our hobby, and at some point you'll have to solder big connectors on a large wire or even repair some small gauge servo wires or circuit boards. Soldering will go much easier and cleaner if you have the proper tools and you learn the proper techniques. First thing you'll need is a good soldering iron. I'd recommend higher wattage irons, at least over 80 watts if you can get it, but higher is better as long as it's small enough to use for the application. You'll also want to get some tips of various sizes so that you have some options depending on your application. Big thick tips are great for battery or motor connectors, while the smaller tips are great for small wires or circuit board touch-ups. A magnifying glass is very useful, and if you have the extra funds, a microscope comes in very handy too. A small fan is useful for sucking the smoke out of your face while you solder because you really don't want to inhale that stuff. Wires and connectors will get hot and transfer heat, so you'll also want something to clamp the parts down and hold them while you solder. Some great tools can be found at thejigsup.net where they have some great clamping tools and you can find all sorts of alligator clamp tools on most online hobby shops. The final additions you will want is some rosin core flux to help the solder flow and some shrink tubing to put over the wire connections to cover them and prevent shorts when you're done. This has been your RC Heli Nation 60 Second Tech Tip. Yeah. So let's say you, let's say you get the micro. Mm-hmm. You're rocking the micro, right? You got your nano. You're hovering it. You can hover nose in. You can hover side in. And you're busting out some circuits out in your, you know, maybe the backyard of your house. Then what? Because, man, that's like, that's where I hear the yeah. the question all the time. And okay. I, would, I would say there's a lot of flyers out there that are at that very stage. That's the pivotal turning point, Absolutely. I think. That's, I where, mean, that's I, where you decide to become a, 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 an out-and-out heli junkie or just a dude that flies a heli every now and again. Yep. You're, you're, you're talking about a collective pitch micro, though, right? Yeah, because that, yeah I definitely. Mean, if, you're, if you're still flying a fixed pitch micro, the next step would obviously be a collective pitch micro. Yeah, That's yeah, a good yeah. point, Jesse. Yeah, yeah, and I don't even... Fixed pitch, to me... Yeah, I don't really... What is it? Yeah. I, I don't Coaxels, even... No. It's a novelty. Well, I, I, know, I know the the MSR, the Blade MSR is still... It's still got a little bit of popularity going. I know some guys are still flying that. So Yeah, but would you really recommend someone to buy that over a Nano right now? No, no, no. Definitely no. not. Yeah. Not even close. So let's just assume we go to the Nano. Then what? Because that's the question right there. You can go on any forum. Okay, here's where I'm at. What yeah. helicopter should I buy? Well, here's here's what I think you should do if you're at that stage. There's a couple considerations in my mind. I think you need to make some assessments, and you need to decide, first of all, what do you want out of the hobby? We kind of went over that. Secondly, you need to decide what's available to you as far as flying room. These all play huge big roles. Big one. That's a big one. Where can you fly safely? Keep in mind, guys, safety. I mean, 
I know sometimes we might come across as safety Nazis, but really we all are stewards of this hobby. So, you know, we all have a baseball park or a park that isn't necessarily used much, pretty close to our, where we live. Some of us are lucky enough to live within a few miles of a sanctioned AMA park. Some of us have to travel quite a bit. Some of us are fortunate enough to live in really rural areas where there's just a ton of open space and all you need is some permission. And so once you figure that out, what's available to you, then you can start thinking about the good stuff. Yeah. Well, and I would add to that, Dan, on top of figuring out what's available for you to fly, you know, uh, space-wise, I would I would go out of my way to find a local club and go and watch Absolutely. people fly. Because I'll tell you what, man, we've all been there. The first time you see someone pick a 90 size machine up off the ground, it is it oh, is dude. scary, awe-inspiring, cool, overwhelming. I mean, there are tons of different emotions. Right. And, yep. you know, you, you get into the habit of looking all at all the stuff on the Internet and doing the research and you lose perspective. The numbers in the little spec sheet don't do anything for you until you actually see it. Right. So, guys, for those of you who are out there, you know, trying to figure out what size do I want, don't just blindly go and get the biggest one necessarily that you can afford to crash. Because when you get it home and, and you put the thing together on your bench, you might be a little surprised. Let's uh, let's tackle this in, in kind of a very variety of ways. First of all, let's talk about those guys who maybe live in a bigger area where there isn't a lot of, and they've got to drive two hours to get to a field. And, and um so they have just some limited space. Maybe there's a ballpark. Let's talk about those guys first. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, let me start off by this, guys. If you're in a public park, the pedestrians that are in that park, they always have the right of way. I mean, they yep. you always have to stop what you're doing and let them by or just stay away from them. And you got to also keep in mind, you got to know you got to keep in consideration that this this thing you're flying, it's going to draw attention. And someone from across the park who normally would never come over to talk to you will be standing beside you uh, in a moment's notice. Not even, bes- it, they'll be halfway up your rectum. Yeah. Right. And every little kid within in your, in your 43 square blocks is going to be standing right there. Right. And they'll start asking you questions while you're trying to focus on learning how to fly the thing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. how, how you approach that, obviously, there's a, you know, you've got to use some common sense, you know, but, like, you know, we're not really here. We're not talking about that. That's, you know, we're all adults here for the most part. Speak <laughs> <laughs> for yourself. Uh, let's talk about the size of the helicopter. This plays a huge role in what we're doing. So, you know, obviously, if you're in that situation, a big helicopter really, even as bad as you want it, is not the best way for you to go. No. You know, you you really need to keep in mind, you need to be very mind. We as hobbyists need to be mindful of what is happening around us. And you don't want to risk anything. Um, no. For baseball diamond, soccer field, like single soccer field, baseball, and, a, you know, maybe a baseball diamond. If, and here's, okay, if it's uh, like an empty place, maybe that you can consistently get out where people do not show up, 
you know, maybe it's kind of out at a school that's way back at, at, you know, on the edge of town and people don't go there. I'm cool with like a 450 or a 500. I would personally probably, if that's all that I had to fly at, I would be flying a 500 there. See, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna slightly disagree, Nick, and say that soccer field, yes, not a problem, but baseball diamond, not a 500. Kind baseball of a- diamonds, I, I mean, it's it's usually got fences around it, and you know, to to keep the ball from going out, it's it's just too tight. I kind of half agree with that, but I I, I also think that. I also think that, you know, we kind of been have been well on purpose because we're not really to the more advanced stuff. We've kind of been overlooking skill, and this also plays a huge role. But you know, we're we're focusing on we're assuming in this conversation that the people we're talking about are not very comfortable or fairly new, maybe just learning to hover. So, keeping it in that yeah. context, I kind of think I agree with Justin a little bit on that. And, and here, here's the yeah. here's the concern. I mean, and and Dan, that that's a good clarification. If we're talking someone that's experienced and can throw down, then yeah, I mean, half a baseball diamond, well, a quarter. Sure, of a baseball you could fly seven hundred in a baseball diamond. If yeah, you know. Yeah. But but what I'm what I'm getting at is, and this is something that uh, I, when I talk to people that are just getting started and try to give them pointers, they don't they don't realize this until they start getting into forward flight. What I find personally the biggest challenge for uh, a new pilot is is managing the speed of the heli because they're still getting used to how sensitive the sticks are and correcting and all all that sort of stuff. And so they tend to to fly big when they start flying, not not tight and close and the fast. I mean, speed is not your friend and the bigger the heli the the more momentum that heli's got which means it's going to be harder to stop it so you know 500 in a baseball diamond when you don't have control over your speed could be a dangerous situation let me add you know, th- let me add this though before you go on nick let me add this let me add if if i know the person i mean like if, if it's a someone i know personally and i know their personality that opinion for me might might change but if i'm just kind of blanketing this to somebody who I've never met or never talked to, then I think that I think for a baseball diamond, I think 450 would be probably optimal. Yeah. You know, the only reason that I say 500 because I think that the time frame that it would take to start with a 450 in there to get to where you could comfortably f- fly a 500 in there is so short, yeah, that. It would be like, like literally, uh, in a summer, it could be a a thirty day period where you show up there with your four fifty, and within you know three weekends of going over there, busting out five six flights, that's it, you're done. And now you just invested all this money in a four fifty, you know, four or five hundred bucks in a nice four fifty, and you got to turn around and flip it because a five hundred really is just that much better. It is. That's true. That's true. And, and that, that's why. And I think I think that's where that personality plays into it. If you if you walk yeah. into the situation knowing, okay, this is gonna be a little bit over my head and I've gotta learn to respect this and take it slow. And and keep in mind, I'm not talking about 
standing on home plate, you know, with the fences hanging up over your head and, you know, dugouts on left and right. I'm talking if you can get out, you know, maybe stand out on the side of the field, you know, where the infield meets the outfield and you have a straight flight line to your left and your right. You know, you're looking out in distance and there is no one there. Right. Or, or you have a spotter. If you can bring a spotter with you, then that's all that much better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, so that's, that's my reasoning. For you know, it. I can agree with that. I can. I mean, I, um, I can, I kind of, I think the baseball diamond, um, example, I, I think it's kind of, I think I would lean towards the, the 450, but I, I do think that a five, 500 would be acceptable under those conditions. Yeah. I mean, it just sounds reasonable to me. Yep. Yeah. And no, I would almost say like, I know at the beginning you had mentioned a soccer field. I mean, personally, once again, kind of taking the personality into account a little bit, I would think a 60 or a, or a 50 size would be acceptable con- considering, you know, the soccer field doesn't have, you know, fences right on the boundaries. You know, you got yeah. a little bit of a, of a overhang there to where you can have a little bit of a, a safety net, you know, if, if you were to cross the boundaries of that soccer field um, where, where you're not just going to, you know, immediately hit a fence if you hit the boundary. I would so, agree with that, Jesse. I would even extend that to say if you're if you're again personality um, taken into consideration. If you're if you're going to fly a six hundred in a soccer field, then you can fly a seven hundred in a soccer field. But then where do you stop? I mean, well, okay, but again, there's not a huge difference between a fi- a six hundred and a seven hundred in terms of how big it flies. Yeah, huh? A hundred. Oh, there's a yeah. hundred. Oh, there's there's a lot. There's a hundred different. No, see, I I, I disagree. <laughs> 100 different. There's a hundred different. <laughs> well, Damn. okay, so let's. hundred. I think we should clarify soccer field too. I'm talking like single, like you go down to the high school and they're you know they're one single high school soccer field there that they have to play on. I'm yeah, not but, talking uh, like there's okay, not okay. there's not going to be fen- I mean, are you saying there's? I mean, literally, like you hit the boundaries of that soccer field. I mean, soccer field's pretty good size, but you okay, hit the boundaries of that soccer field. Football field. I mean, the, the hell is immediately you've hit something, you're crashing or football. Field. Yeah, I, football high field? school football field. Five hundred. That's, okay. that's what's yeah, going to be the field, 500. 500. Yeah, 500. I agree. And that's that. what I meant. I'm, I'm not talking like you go to a city park where they have four or five soccer fields stacked next to each other or not ne- but but like what Jesse's saying it's not necessarily stacking it next to it but are there hard boundaries on either end yeah like i i i did a lot of my initial flying at a soccer field and it was just one soccer field at a city park but it didn't have it didn't have any boundaries so if i went over a little bit on one end or another it wasn't that big of a deal yeah. See, I just don't like the I don't like the 600 size there because I I think there's a drastic difference in the amount of attention that a 600 draws versus a 500. That's fair. I still feel like a Definitely. 500 you can keep the head speed somewhat moderate and it can be a quiet unobtrusive helicopter, but I don't feel that way about a 600. In my opinion, a 600 or bigger should only be flown at a a semi-private field you know like out in the boonies or just a, a field field like a farmer field or something like that where there's nothing yeah. around or an ama club if it's 600 size or bigger it belongs at a club or at a completely desolate field that's yeah. my opinion. i was just gonna say that in fact 
I thought I was going to be alone in this statement. I, I thought I'm, I'm thinking that if in this example where we're talking about kind of a uh, an urban area, you know, higher density of population, there is no business for a 700 to be anywhere in there. No, it should only be at an AMA field. I don't necessarily have that feeling with the 600. I think you know you can get a 600. I know Ed's um, that thing's quiet. Um, got it tamed down. I don't see. I wouldn't see. I would not feel uncomfortable. Um, I don't see a problem with line of six hundred there. I'm only well, looking at it from an inertia and a weight, mostly and a, inertia the weight. The amount of property a, damage or da- physical exactly. damage it could do. Yeah. Here, well, and and let's also just clarify a little bit more again at 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 the the risk of coming off a, as a safety crazed people. Um, when we're talking about flying at soccer fields, you know, Dan was mentioning you're going to have people that will come up and look and talk to you and so on and so forth. You're going to draw attention. That's great. Um, but no heli size is appropriate if you've actually got people on the field playing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you do yeah. not fly over people. And, and you know, I may, I may get crap from this, send the hate mail to me, but seriously – I've seen that happen enough locally. It aggravates me every single time. Yeah. The and yep. it's not the people who are walking under you's fault. They don't they don't realize the danger that's there. Right. Yeah. I won't even fly. We have a a field a high school literally, I mean like two blocks away. I won't even take like the fusion in their in their football field. It's real uh it's a common place people come and walk around the track. All mm-hmm. the time, the ladies doing their speed walking and all that. I could easily, w- with my skill level, I could walk out into the middle of that football field with my 600, mess around with some deck work and not be anywhere close. No way would you catch me doing that. Yeah. No way. Not even worth it because I just don't feel that size has any business around anywhere. And even if I had a spotter, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. No. So, so let's kind of sum that up. I mean, basically, guys, you just really need to pay attention to what, what's available to you. Consider all those, all those things. How many are you going to draw attention? And most importantly, above all, do not try to fly something that you're just not going to be comfortable with. I don't care if it is a 450, and that's that's just feels like it's going to be too much. Stay with the stay with the little one until, until you can feel confident. Yeah. That's really, I mean, if you're not confident that you can at least hover it, you really need to rethink taking it somewhere where um, even, you know, the AMA field, those are kind of designed for crashes, right? But still, you know, it comes down to the money issue there, I suppose. But so yeah. kind, of, kind of changing the gears a little bit along those same lines, kind of changing to more of a, a rural area, um, kind of like where I'm at and. Apparently, Nick, where you, where you are at, I don't. I think where Jim, I'm at, yeah, Pullman. You know, um, we we have an advantage. Um, there's lots of open space around here, and there's an AMA club for me. It's really close. There's always some place for me to fly and fly safely and without drawing attention to myself because it's just too far out off the beaten path. You know, then it comes down to that one's simple in my mind. It's simple. It comes down to what are you comfortable flying and what you can afford to based on what we talked about earlier? Mm -hmm. Because you've already kind of gone through the whole process and now you you're looking at where you can fly 
just take a really close personal inventory of don't buy a big helicopter and be afraid to fly it because nobody enjoys a helicopter that sits on a bench. So no. just be and reasonable. I think you hit a really big point, which is don't, don't underestimate how scary it's going to be. Right. Dude, I went from a 450 Pro to a Fury. <laughs> I had a, I bought a Fury 60. I soiled myself the first time I fired that thing up and picked it up into a hover. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to try to one up you there, Nick. <laughs> I went from a Vibe 50 to a Bergen EB gasser with 810 <laughs> millimeter blades. Oh my God. <laughs> you win. <laughs> yeah, you Six, win. 16, I got 16 pound helicopter, I believe it was. Um, that one really, I was really intimidated by that helicopter for a long time. Um, but you know, I caution, I caution anybody to really just think that you have to get the biggest helicopter that you can afford on the day you're buying the helicopter. Cause there's so many other considerations, um, you know, confidence cost of replacing parts mm-hmm. you know and if you're living in an area like we are living for the most part room isn't an issue for us and that's a good thing and we're appreciative of that except in the winter time all you warm weather dicks down there you know we've got to really pay close attention to those to those things and, and that's really about all I can think when it comes to where you're going to fly based on where you're living yeah you know, I mean, location, uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's still other things that come into play, but as far as location, you bet. Yeah, I, I got a I got a question for you guys. All right, okay. what do you guys feel about? I mean, we've we've probably all heard it. You know, been on the forums, seen the seen the quote about if you're not crashing, you're not flying hard enough. BS. I yeah. absolutely think that is BS. It yeah. is absolutely BS. One hundred percent BS. Um. Are you the one who sparked that conversation earlier today, Jesse? I am not. In the chat? Because we were talking about that in the chat room today. Oh, no, really? that was that was one of the other members. Uh, I remember seeing that, and I remember kind of chuckling to myself. I actually like to change it and said, if if you're, or oh, what was it? I came up with one a long time ago that said, if you're, if you're crashing too much, you're not simming enough or something like that. Yeah. There's a couple things maybe to consider. If you're crashing a lot, maybe you need to reevaluate where your abilities lie and not try to exceed them so much. But what if you're just having fun? That's true. No. If, you, if you can afford it. Yeah. If you can afford it and you're having fun. I mean, what? Are we going to sit there and knock to wreck? That's true. Probably crashes more than well, any okay. other person I, out I agree with that as long as it doesn't. As long as it, it, it doesn't endanger you or other people or property. No, 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 no. no. And we're just- it, it, it oftentimes does. Yeah, I don't know. I say it oftentimes doesn't, and it's just more funny and like, ooh, that's going to hurt. But I don't know. To each his own. Shit, guys. I think I need to get a new charger.
Well, hey, Dan, why don't you head over to Progressive RC and check out that new iCharger 4010 Duo that they got over there. Looks to be a powerhouse. And dude, while you're at it, check out one of his charger case combos as well. They're great looking. I know, man. Those things look sweet. I think I'm going to do that right now. www.progressiverc.com. Check them out for your charging needs. All right, so guys, we've talked a little bit about choosing a heli. We've talked a little bit about where, you know, in those that decision, you know, based on where you're, where you're at and what's available to you. Another consideration is, um, you know, doing a little bit of research to find out about the flight characteristics. And I've, I don't know how true this is, but in my mind, and it seems to be in theory, bigger is always more stable. That seems, that's blanketed. I understand that. But in my experience, it seems to be the case. Yes, no, maybe. (laughs) You pretty much just just summed it all up. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, you hit it. I think there's, I think you can kind of group them, you know. So if I was going to put them into groups, uh, my personal experience is and anything that is 250 size and down flies like ass. <laughs> uh, it all kind of flies can, the same. Uh, so, can you elaborate on that, Nick? <laughs> yes, I can. I'm not sure how that flies. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you do? A, can you can you do like a tech tip on that? So we <laughs> can you put a numerical value on that, please? Can you quantify um, that statement? Yeah, I I just don't see. So in that class, I actually say fly the one that's going to cost you the least, which is the smallest, like, you know, say the Nano, for example. I I don't see any reason to own a 250 over a Nano, personally. Like, not at all. Because I think you're going to get a lot more enjoyment. A 250 is the most horrid and painful thing to work on. I would rather work on a Nano than a 250. Yeah. Because... It's still 250. It's like a full mechanical guy. Every part that all the bigger ones do, just way freaking smaller. Yeah, and that's how I feel about 450s. I, yeah, I'm see, with you on that, Dan. Okay, so anything 250 and down, I, I, I say go with the smallest. 450, in my opinion, is the size where you say, I like flying helicopters, but I'm never going to get really all that serious. If it's a fun hobby if it's kind of relaxing for you if it's very casual you know oh yeah well if i get out and fly this weekend sure if not maybe you bring it out once a month once every two weeks i think you know and and you only have some you have somewhere close that you can fly i think a 450 is a a great size for that the crashes aren't gonna kill you um it does fly a lot better than the smaller ones especially if you get fly barless um, so I think it's kind of actually in its own class right there. Yeah. For me, 500 and 600 you can put in the same class uh, flight characteristic wise. 500 is the first size that flies stable to me, yeah. stable and and big. Fly barless especially. Um, they've got good power to weight to them. They're just. It's a great size, and I really don't think the difference in flight characteristics between a a 450 and a 500 is really big, in my opinion. But it's not that big of a jump from five to 600. 
There's a, there's See, more intimidation factor, but I don't think they fly that much different. I I I kind of disagree. I was actually going to lo- I was going to group it as follows, Nick. 500's kind of in a class of its own. Yep. Uh, I agree 110% it is way more stable than the 450 without a doubt. It's night and day difference. But two things. One is we haven't talked about the 550 which, as you guys all know, is um, a very popular class nowadays. Right. Um, and and second of all, if we're going to include that, then I would say that the 550 and 600 fly very similarly, um, more similarly than the 500 does to either of the other two. Because when it comes down to it, the 500 is still a small heli. It flies big, but I don't think it flies as big as a, as a 30 or a 50 size. You know... And- not quite, but it, it, for me, it's close. And then the, for me, obviously, the 700 is like just the whole, yeah. it's just a whole different ballgame. Oh, yeah. I, I think in my mind, the main thing that separates it is, I mean, I know this isn't necessarily flight characteristics, but autos. I mean, autoing a 500 versus autoing a 600. There oh, is yeah. a significant difference. Good point. For, I mean, from what I've seen, that puts them in quite a different class in my view. Yeah, but let me let me backtrack just a little bit, and I'll and I'm gonna. In my mind, it's this: it's it's anything below a 500 doesn't even exist. <laughs> okay, um, a 500 barely exists, right? And then you've got in my mind 600s and above. Um, I I, I group them up kind of, and maybe Justin, I would throw a 550 in with that 600 group, um, but. I've always preferred the bigger helis just from a stability issue, from a standpoint of it being more stable. Um, but there's also another consideration that maybe sometimes we don't think about because I don't think, well, now Jesse's got the the warp, but, um, you know, when we were doing this, you know, we were dealing with fly bars. So some of these stability issues maybe aren't such a big deal anymore. Um, the technology has improved where maybe my view is that on that is a little skewed. Uh, it's the uh, helis are just more stable these days, you know, blade yeah. technology, fly barless technology. So I, you know, I really, I do know I've been, I've, I was pretty impressed with Ed's 500 flew it a lot this summer. I always recognized when I flew his 600 that it just was that much more stable. And both fly barless, both beast X. Yeah. Uh, if I if someone said to me, Dan, you've 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 got one size of helicopter. Well, let's say two, because obviously the answer would be seven hundred. But you've got a couple sizes, or you can never go below this size for me. It would be a six hundred. I wouldn't. I mean, there is no question. I wouldn't even bother with a five fifty or below. I agree oh, so with that. I would actually. I, I would if I could only have two. I could only have two. And they had to be different sizes. Um, I would actually fly a 500 and a 700. Yeah. You I'm, I'm actually really surprised how excited I am to... I mean, it's been such a long time since I've flown a 450. I actually yeah. welcome the cheap crashes, the... You, know, you just it's, it's a success how setup much you that, hate it. The, the heli I have, so it's going to you know have a good power. <laughs> and I, I just think it's going to be a ton of... It's going to be a fun heli to fly. It's not going to be something that I'm going to make a ton of progression on, but... It's going to be something that I'm just going to be laid back while I'm flying it and just, you know, thoroughly enjoy the stick time I get on that heli. Yeah, a little basher. Yeah, exactly. 
All right, so let's kind of move on to kind of another perspective. You know, as anything, when we're when we're getting into something that costs money, we we want to kind of plan for the future. And obviously, our goal is to become competent, safe flyers. So there's some more issues to consider. Um, you know, such as power to weight, and Jesse just mentioned autos, kind of the more advanced stuff. You know, when we're looking at these little helicopters. Little to big, whatever size you're looking at, I suppose. First and foremost, you got to realize what you can afford. Secondly, in that range, what can you afford that's going to allow you to get the most bang for your buck six months from now, a year from now, without having to refleet yourself? Because we've all done that, and it sucks ass. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So, growth, yeah, growth potential. That's a big thing that I think a lot of people forget, Dan, or don't even think about. And I think also, too, for, for, for someone who's starting or just getting into it, God, this has got to be probably the most trickiest part of the whole equation. I mean, the other things we mentioned are, you know, for the most part, not too far out of the realm of common sense. I mean, there's some things to consider that maybe you hadn't. But now we're getting into a territory that how, as a new person, do you evaluate these parts? So where does where does one start with that? You know, we we you know you say power to weight to a to a new guy, he's going to be like, what? I for me, I think it's the balance of uh, that. This is the first point where the size actually makes a a big difference as far as how much um, how much danger room can you leave your yourself. Because if you're going to push, if you say, okay, it's time for me to, I'm going to nut up, I'm going to learn some 3D. Like, I know this hobby's for me. I love it. I want to fly. I want to progress. I want to learn TikToks. I want to learn, you know, all of my inverted circuits, funnels, all that kind of stuff. You've got to get the heli up high enough where you've got some wiggle room. And in my opinion, 600 is the size. There is no question there for me. Now, I'm not saying you can't do it on a 500. 500's got great power to weight. I mean, they're little rocket ships. They're a blast. But I just, I, I don't know. You can't, I mean, you can't, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying you can't learn autos on a 500, but it, it, it's just such a handicap, it's not even funny. But 600 is that, for me, it's that perfect size where you have enough, it's got a, it's got good auto rotation capabilities, but it doesn't have silly capabilities where it'll teach you bad habits. You really have to work at it to become proficient at shooting autos on a 600. Um, you can fly it up high enough where you're, uh, you can give yourself some safety net to learn all the tricks that you need to learn. Uh, it's got enough power, but it doesn't have, and, and I guess you know, here comes the whole nitro versus electric thing. I'll, I'll talk about nitro. It's got enough power to where you can do every maneuver, but it will keep you in check. It will teach you collective management. And, and I, I, yeah, I just think they're the best size. If you want to learn, if you're, if you're going through the learning stages of 3d, a 600 size is where it's at. But yeah, I, I agree with that, especially on the autos, Nick, because like you said, you really got to work at them. It, if you're doing, if you're doing good, clean autos on a 600, then when you go to a 700, it's gonna be like, I, I mean, it's it's a, it's a whole different ball game. You'll feel much more confident. You'll be able to do all sorts of great stuff. 
What do you think, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, I, pre- I mean, pretty much once again, exactly. Yeah, what Nick thinks. The uh, <laughs> the six hundred is for me. I just, that's I just the, wanted to hear you say I it did again. Most of my learning. Yeah, I just wanted to hear you say it again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you want me to say it one more time? I would love it. Do it. Do it. Say it. Yeah, I pretty, I pretty much, you know, once again ag- agree with Nick. So nice. it is again. <laughs> I like that. Now, the, you you did hit on a good point, though, Nick, that Nitro in a 50 or 600 size has got enough power to get the job done, but you got to be careful. That go, that sort of goes out the window if we're talking about electric. Oh, just man. So that, you know, just so that all the new people know. Nowadays, the electric power systems are so beefy, so powerful. They've got more power than you could ever imagine using. The as a new person learning. Dude, the difference between a 500 electric and a 600 electric, and I'm talking 600 on 12S, is like, oh, please. And and let me just say say this and be the stick in the mud, that if you are going to go the electric route and you're, be be careful, because you can learn some pretty bad habits. Oh, yes, you can. Um, yes, you can. You know, you go to fly your buddy's 500 and you just want to, or your buddy's 600 and you'll be like, why, what, why can't I, you know, yeah. the power is just so incredibly amazing. So, so kind of playing devil's advocate, is it actually bad to learn those bad habits? If, I mean, that's your heli, that's your heli's going to have that much power for you to use. Well, yeah, I think it is, man. I think it is because. I mean, I, I agree with you. I was just, you know, bringing up. Uh-huh. I know you. I think it that. saved you humiliation later on because. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's seriously, true. Seriously, people like me, you know, I eat that shit for breakfast, man. You show up at a fun fly and you're sitting there bogging your freaking nine horsepower electric system, you know, doing the easiest maneuvers. You have not done yourself any favors at all. And you're you're you won't be able to progress. You're just going to waste time and money. You know the people flying around. I don't understand why my aileron TikToks bog. I'm running, you know, twenty four hundred RPM on my my uh, <laughs> like my Goblin six thirty. I just don't get it. I don't know why they're bogging. Uh, <laughs> because you forgot that little accessory called talent. Yeah, that's what happened. Exactly. You know. Ouch. Tell it like well, it is, dude. Come on, man. No, it's true, though. Go back and learn it on a nitro or turn your head speed down. Or the helicopter the Turn the head speed down. Yeah, turn agree, the head Nick. speed down. Give there is there is this awesome aspect of our hobby that I think a lot of people overlook. And it's that if you really if you pay attention to the helicopter, if you have that head speed set at that just at that perfect rate. And you know, you can't really put a number on it because every helicopter is different. You get it at that right, that right head speed, the helicopter will talk to you. You can actually hear it work. And you can do the same maneuver three times in a row. And one time you'll hear the helicopter load and you'll hear it working through it. And the next time it, it doesn't, wow, I didn't even notice the difference. And this, yeah. this is how people like, Tarak, Maxwell, all of these top-level pilots, this is what they do. You see them flying at ridiculous head speeds, but what you don't realize is they're still superb on their collective management because they could do that whole flight 
300 RPM lower. They really could. Now, and you shortchanged yourself by not being able to do that. Yeah, they're they're kind of using the head speed to increase the speed, you know, the, the wow factor. The effect yeah, that they're the not doing it by getting. need. They're not they're, they're not doing using it, it to fun. cover up mistakes. Yeah. Exactly. Well, but but again, okay, so first of all, I agree with everything that you guys are saying, but to take it back to to Jesse's devil devil's advocate position, if someone's out there doing sport flight and they're having a ball and they've got the power, they've got more power than they ever need. Yeah, they're probably bogging it a little bit, but they're flying confidently. They're flying competently and they're flying safely and they don't have an aspiration to be a Nick Maxwell or a Kyle Dahl. Then technically, I don't Dude, think it's that big of a deal. No, that, Rocket that having have been said, I actually I have a, I actually kind of have a disagreement with that. Okay, go ahead. So let's assume, I mean, I would like to think that when we fly, we fly confidently and safely and all that stuff. But occasionally, you can't help but get yourself into a situation where things start to go pear-shaped. And could you not then put yourself or others in a dangerous situation by causing an issue where maybe you didn't hit throttle hold because you thought you could pull it out? And now you're doing a chicken dance right in front of the gallery. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Because with power becomes, I mean, with that power comes, I mean, great, great responsibility. responsibility. <laughs> yeah. the, I mean, the, the, you know, <laughs> that you, for cliche? <laughs> things start to happen fast, and when you have a very fast, powerful helicopter, it, it can go bad just as quickly or quicker than goes good when things but, are but going. we're not we're not just saying uh new people though as well i mean i'm i'm talking about people that may have you know quite a bit of experience in the hobby so yeah but that, therefore that, they that may be a little bit more yeah but it still applies i mean if things go bad for me yeah uh, i mean i can end up uh i i well i fly nitro so i don't really deal with that overpowered issue um a lot and my collective management sucks ass too <laughs> But, the, you know, the simple matter of fact is, you know, I, Nick, you might remember this. Uh, when I was flying the Fusion, when I had the Fusion, mm-hmm. I kept telling you, I just don't like this helicopter. Could it have been because it was a 12-ounce powerhouse that just was so yep. much more than I was used to that it was just uncomfortable? Yep. yep. And that you know, um, Jesse can attest to this, like, firsthand experience. I take... I still, to this day, and I, man, I've put ridiculous amounts of effort and time into tuning my helicopters to all feel extremely similar. That's how I like to tune. Like, it doesn't, numbers don't matter. They all got to feel the same. And I don't fly with high head speeds. You know, I fly my 700 electric at 2,050. And and it's only 100 RPM higher than the nitro because of the added weight. Yet... I can still outfly myself on a nitro. I fly better on a nitro than an electric. And yeah. I think it's because of the way that the power is delivered. It's softer. It's more subtle. And that's that's the feeling, Dan. I still get uh, a little bit when I bring the electric down on the deck and I'm banging it around and even, you know, just doing all sorts of messing around on the deck with the electric. I'm confident, but I do not have that 100%. Per, I, I pucker up, right? I get that puckered up feeling. Right. 
like I'm, I'm just kind of hanging on to the heli. Like, you know, like we said at Othello, where it's like, dude, I get that feeling all the time. Well, the nitro, it's much more I'm in control. And I'm not saying I'm out of control with the electric, but you, you get what I'm saying? I do. It's let just me, some, me, it's that softer power. Let me run this past you, though. And maybe you've thought about this, and maybe you can tell me why you don't agree with it. Do you think that the simple matter of the fact is that you're getting an audible report from the motor? Do you suppose oh, yeah. that's helping? Yeah, you betcha it is. Because I, I constantly listen. You you betcha I do. Yeah. yeah. You can hear every last little thing and, and the transitions and the unload. And it's just, I think it's because it's got a little bit of delay. You know, and we're going <laughs> to, we'll get into that in, in digging in episode three with, you know, the the way an electric motor delivers power and delivers torque. It's all there. It's all, right. all the time. Can you guys learn, can a person learn to be a top level pilot with any size helicopter? No. No. What size is that going to require? 600. I would say 500. See, I, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Yes, across the board. With Even enough dedication and, and flight time, I think it's it's definitely possible. Even with the I micro? think someone who chooses a smaller heli will have different challenges uh, getting to the top than someone who chooses a larger heli. But fundamentally, what's what? Why do you guys say no? What's the difference? There's some My, maneuvers you physically cannot do on a micro, just power wise. Okay. Yeah. Not uh, yeah, and I, I guess I so that's fair. I should I should qualify my statement by saying I'm not talking about a nano or an MCPX. Okay. All righty, guys. Well, here look, <laughs> there are a ton of other considerations, and we just don't have time to go into them all. And eventually, maybe we will. And I'll just name a few of them, just so you you guys know we're not just glossing over. I mean, the cost of fuel. Do you want to do nitro? Do you want to do electric? The 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 flight equipment that you need and there's a ton of other considerations. This was kind of a, just kind of a brief, well, not so brief, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a, just to talk about what are some of the basic considerations that that you as maybe somebody who's been in the hobby for a while and have just, they kind of, you kind of feel stagnant where you're at. You're still with a little helicopter and you've been thinking about a, a, getting a bigger one. These are just some thoughts um, that you can go through uh, to kind of help you along that, that road. Ultimately, you got to remember it's a hobby. It's your hobby. You have to enjoy it. Somewhere on the other side of town lies a helicopter, broken, bent, and clinging to life. How it got there is a mystery. Was it a lockout? are just dumb thumbs. One thing we do know, though, is the only chance it has for the right parts to bring it back to life, helipros.com. All righty. So, let's see. Guys, again, we have these cool little hoodies. Uh, that Nick made and uh, well he didn't actually like you know weave the fabric and sew them together um, 
if you want to check that out, you'll see right on our front page, there's a pre-order. Again, we're doing pre-orders. We needed to get 32 of them in. Um, you, they're going pretty quick. We're hoping to get that pre-order in really soon. The ultimate goal really is to get them to everybody before Christmas. Can't guarantee it just because of the nature of how we're doing it. Um, but it's looking like that's going to happen. It's not just 32. We should mention that too. That's just the first. Yeah, that's, that's just the minimum like the, for the first pre-order. Right. That's the that's the cutoff point. That's where but we, dude, you guys keep ordering them. We'll keep having them made. I mean, absolutely. There's no question yeah. there. Uh, and look for more stuff as as we venture into this aspect of what we're doing. You know, got to start somewhere, and this is where we're starting. Um. So hey, uh, you guys remember last week we had Bert do his interview from uh, Australia for us. You guys remember that? Yep. 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 Well, fantastic job. Yeah, he did a he did a great job. Bert, I apologize. He did send me another one. Unfortunately, as you guys are probably looking at your clock, going, "Oh my god, are these guys ever going to shut up?" It's uh, this show's running a bit long. Uh, we're not going to get it on this show. We will play that next week. Look forward to it. It's just a it's a short interview, but it's it's long enough to um, push to next week. So, Bert, sorry for that. We uh, were planning on doing it this week, but sometimes it just doesn't happen that way. I did mention, too, that um, Bert Kammerer is looking to come on. Uh, unfortunately, due to his traveling and, and uh, just kind of the way things worked out, even if we did get him this week, which is highly unlikely considering how busy he is, we wouldn't even be able to air it until after the blowout. So the idea being we'll uh, let him kind of chill out for a day or two uh, and hopefully get an interview with him shortly after the event and kind of hear how it went. Also, too, I've been talking with uh, Pinion, and um, we're, we're going to – I can't promise this is going to happen because you just never know when you get to an event uh, what's you know what what's going to be going on. But he is um, – he's kind of saying that he would like to, I don't know, maybe give us a call uh, from from Orlando – while he's there uh, and maybe do a little bit, you know, kind of tell us what's going on. And um, if we can get that before Friday um, or Saturday, even we'll definitely get that on next week's show. Sweet. Um, we would like to, we, we love opinion. He, he's just a fantastic guy and, and funny as all hell. So uh, we look forward to hearing from him uh, anytime, anytime he wants to come on. Other than that, guys, I, I do want to say, you know, it doesn't, it's, uh, I don't, at the risk of sounding cheesy, we have some of the absolute best listeners that I think a podcast in our position could ask for. And yeah, the support Without you guys have shown us, especially over the last few weeks, has just been overwhelming and you know and I I'm certainly not going to dwell on anything but I got to tell you guys you know it's a good feeling when shit hits the fan and you know you're standing on the right side of the fan you know what I mean it, it yeah it's a good feeling for us um we're not going to talk we, we just we've decided collectively that this is just something that's happened and we're just going to move on and, and, um, 
life goes on. Yep. So. Yep. It is what it is. You won't be hearing any <laughs> drama from us. That's a promise. No. Um, we're we're not going to stoop to that level. So, but anyway, guys, we do appreciate all your support. All the same, it's um, it's it's nice to hear from you. It doesn't go unnoticed. That's yes. for sure. It does not go unnoticed, you guys. Yeah, we're not looking to poke any lines or, or start anything, but you know, we respect everyone's right to voice their opinions. I stand up for all my friends and you know, we yeah. get it and yeah. we notice it and thank you. Yep. Um, don't feel like you have to, but you know, but yeah. we just, just thank you. Yeah. Let's just move on and, and, um, look for some awesome stuff coming out of our CHN and, um, you know, it, it, the bright is there. The bright is looking future. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Once again, making up words. Making up words. And I like this very much. (laughs) (laughs) So if you wanted to get in touch with me, you could do that at dan at rchelionation.com. And you could also reach me at Dan K. Reed on Arkheli, the fabulous forum down there in Australia. I've been spending a lot of time there lately. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Uh, you know, right now, the best way would just be to shoot me an email at nick at rchelionation.com or you can you can catch me in the chat sometimes or, you know, feel free to leave comments up on any tech tips, posts, whatever up on the website. And Justin, how would I get in touch with you? You could catch me at justin at rchelionation.com and also on the chat on our homepage. And Jesse. Uh, the best place to catch me would just be to shoot me an email at jesse at rchelionation.com. And I am also on the chat quite a bit. Yeah, I was just, I, I kind of forgot to mention that. It's fairly new. I um, i noticed today I spent quite a bit of time in the chat and had a great time. Yeah. Come join us. I mean, it's uh, it's quite. It, just it, hanging out. Just hanging Nothing out. Nothing formal. Talking about anything and everything. It's not just talk there. It's kind of a little bit of everything. We've been talking a lot of music there lately, so that's kind of fun. Alrighty, guys. Well, we sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. You guys have a good week. We will see you guys next Monday. You guys are fucking awesome. <laughs> Later. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, send us an email using the Contact Us link on the homepage. If you'd like to make a donation, there's a Donate Now button on our homepage as well. Well,